Welcome to Intersect Where Church Meets Culture. My name is Josh Dash. I'm the lead pastor at Northeast Presbyterian Church in Columbia, South Carolina. And I am joined as always by my delightful cat-owning wife, Betsy. Hey, everybody. Betsy, you wanted me to use that. You actually gave me the adjective this <laughs> I week. I did. Because we just got a cat. We just got a cat, y'all. Um, probably, I don't know, a month ago. And he is delightful. We love our cat. I have to admit that I had to eat humble pie. Because Josh I, first told me that all cats have a demon. I never thought I'd like cats. Well, I just figured they were all kind of surly and not kind. And and this cat is named Leo. He's a kitten still. He yeah. was given to us by friends at church. And he is just the cutest, sweetest, most loving. He's very extroverted. He always he goes is. where the people are. He's kind of stolen my heart. You know, he loves socks, though, that are on feet. And that, that is very painful. That hurts a lot. Yeah. That hurts a lot. So. Speaking of socks, speaking of feet, speaking of our bodies, Betsy, what's the title of this episode? Today, y'all, uh, our title is Getting Healthy for the Glory of God. Okay. That involves our bodies. So so tell us, we need to be healthy. Mm-hmm. We want to glorify God with our bodies. That's a scriptural it is. Uh, command. It is. Multiple places. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that? Well, I thought we could kick off today's um, discussion talking about the purpose of our bodies, the telos, as you were, uh, as you will. Is, isn't telos a Greek word? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you want to define it? Yeah. Well, to kick us off, so I read a book a couple of years ago. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. It's called Love Thy Body by an author named Nancy Piercy. And she dis- it's kind of a discussion of several different topics related specifically to the body. And it's more about um, body and sexuality. But she opens with a real interesting discussion of the body itself has a purpose. You know, so often in our modern culture, we're conceived of as brains on a stick. Would you not agree with that, Josh? Absolutely, Consciousness yep. on a stick. Yeah, that our that our brains are the true self, our true selves. Mm-hmm. Yep. That that all of all of what you are resides in your brain or something like it's that. It's internal, whatever yes. wherever you want to say it's located biologically. Mm-hmm. The point is, your true self is inside of you. Yes, it's not outside of you. Yes, yep. exactly. So sometimes that kind of conception can lead to an idea that. Um, the body is just kind of the the thing that is driven by the mind or, you know, the body doesn't have a purpose on in and of itself. It's kind of a house for the rest of you. It's a house you live in or it's the car you drive. Mm-hmm. But again, the essential you, your essence is the person driving the car. Right. It's not the car itself. Right. Yep. Right. So in order to talk about how we get healthy for God's glory, we kind of have to examine First of all, ways that we conceive of our bodies, because that's the foundation of everything. So Got anyway, it. back to Nancy Piercy, the book, um, Love Thy Body. This is how she starts the book. She says, we can read, quote unquote, read signs of God's existence and purposes in creation. This is called a teleological view of nature from the Greek word telos, which means purpose or goal. It is evident that living things are structured for a purpose. Eyes are for seeing, ears are for hearing, fins are for swimming, and wings are for flying. Each part of an organ is exquisitely adapted to the others and all interact in a coordinated goal or directed fashion to achieve the purpose of the whole. This kind of integrated structure is the hallmark of design, plan, will, intention. So, 
point point that she is making is that from the very get-go, our bodies have a purpose. It's not just, like you said, a house for your consciousness. Our body itself has a purpose. Yeah, and, and maybe to take that metaphor a little bit more, uh, a little further, it's not like our bodies are accidents. Mm-hmm. So it's not like if your body's a house, it's not like it's you just, God just threw your true self, your essence in some random neighborhood. And it it, it doesn't matter what the house is like or where it's located or um, the, the uh, parameters of the, of the body matter. It's not, the body's not an accident. Our bodies are not accidents. That's right. And God designed our bodies to function in certain ways. Um, So, um, I, I just wanted to read another little section from the book because I think it's really helpful um, to, uh, again, kind of laying the groundwork here. So she says, if nature is teleological, meaning if it has a purpose, if it has a design, if it has a goal, the human body is part of nature, then it is likewise teleological. It has a built-in purpose. There is no dichotomy between body and person. The two together form an integrated psychophysical unity. We respect and honor our bodies as part of the revelation of God's purpose for our lives. It is part of the created order that is declaring the glory of God. Um, so I think the point that we want to start off with is we are creatures. We are created beings, and our creators gave us our bodies for a purpose. Our bodies are not ours to decide what to do with. Yeah. That's a great quote from Nancy Piercy, and I will just try to make it, well, I'll make it a little simpler for Josh, because I like simple things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, Me men- you mentioned, uh, you know, our bo- our bodies were psychosocial or psychobotical. Physical. Physical, yeah. He- here's the way that a lot of theologians have said it, and to me, this is about the, this is one of the easiest ways to understand it. Theologians say that according to the Bible, and this isn't just like one theologian, I've heard a bunch of them say this, Okay. According to the Bible, I have a body and I am my body, Mm. okay? So too often, I think Christians, we've bought into this idea that I just have a body. But that is, if you think about that, that's going back to that view that my body's an accident, it doesn't really matter, it's just the house, it's just where my soul lives or where the essence of my true sense self is. And we're going to have to get into this later about how do we, because we're more than bodies. We know that. Mm-hmm. So we don't we don't want to go there to this like reductionistic, mm-hmm. I'm just my body, It's only, only material things exist. But we don't think enough in the church about the, about the part, I am my body. Mm-hmm. I can't conceive of myself apart from my body. That's right. So I have a body and I am a body. Mm-hmm. And you can, you know, this is a whole separate discussion, but you can tie it to that historic part of Christianity that has... Um, you know, degraded the physical and elevated the spiritual so starkly. Yes. You know. Yep. And yep. So you can you can see those. Yeah. So as and, well. and and that goes into nature doesn't really matter. You know, the whole if, if we want to use stereotypes, you know, I can litter all I want. Mm-hmm. It's all going to burn. Mm-hmm. My body's going to burn. Yep. I can do whatever I want with my body. It's all it's all connected to this sort of the spiritual is the only thing that really matters. Right. So. So that's our foundation. We want to know what is the purpose of our bodies? How has God designed them? You know, God's designed our bodies to function in certain ways. And you can you can draw a lot of generalizations. You know, men are generally stronger than women. Not always, of course, but that's a generalization you can make. Mm-hmm. Women's bodies are generally curvier than men's bodies. Uh, you know, women or men generally have broader shoulders. So you can see that there are these um, genera- generalities. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. 
It is? Yeah. Okay. And how we were designed. Um, so, so moving into our topic more specifically, getting healthy for the glory of God. Being healthy is, is hard in our modern world, is it not? Oh, super hard. Super it's, hard. It's very, very hard. And so, okay, so just to circle back, you've, you just made the case very persuasively, Betsy, that I should want to be healthy. Mm. That God cares if I'm healthy. That's right. Because my body's not an accident. That's so right. let's just so we're just summarizing that first thing. I should care if I'm healthy. I should care about my body because my body's not this accident. It's not like I'm just waiting. It's not like God was like, okay, you got to go hang out in this body for 80 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry about that. And then later you're gonna be, you know, you're gonna be purely spiritual and you get rid of all that physical stuff. Right. That's not it. So we should care. But yes, to go back to your question, yeah, it's really hard to be healthy. I mean, we could start the list with Cheetos. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> right. Well, there's there's so many ways that it, it's difficult to be healthy with, you know, modern diet, modern schedules are busy. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of different, a lot of different um ways we can talk about it. So what we kind of wanted to focus on today is there's kind of these two ditches that we tend to fall into, um, or I tend to fall into, I should say, um, when I think about health and how to be a healthy person and how to lead a healthy lifestyle. There's kind of these two ditches that I think we generally fall into. And then there's the third way that is uh, being healthy for the glory of God. And that's a little bit of a narrow way. It's kind of hard to stay on that. But here's, here's what I'm arguing. I think the two ditches we fall into are obsession with our bodies, with our appearance, with what we eat. And the other ditch is neglect with just saying, it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what I eat. I'm, um, you know, doesn't matter how much I exercise, whatever. So those are the two things that we kind of want to focus on in our discussion. So why don't we start out with obsession? I, I think that a lot of people can relate to this today. Um, you know, you see it with food restriction. You see it with, I really want to look a certain way. Um, you know, the the ever-present quest for the beach body, right? Sure, yeah. I mean, goodness, it's everywhere. Yeah, it yep. is. It is. And so that... Um, I think in our culture too, we're at this we're at this point where we're just glorifying athleticism so much. Do I, we not? I, I would agree with that, Betts. I would also though say a little bit. I think people have different ideas about what their ideal body is. Sure. So it's it's for some it may be to be really strong or muscular or look a certain way. For others, though, I want to manipulate my body mm-hmm. to my body's my canvas. I can do whatever I want with it. Sure. So it's interesting. I, th- I think the expressiveness with the body, you know, maybe it's most common with like wanting to be really athletic or something, but I don't think I'd limit it to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's definitely that's so true. That's definitely there. Yeah. That's, you know. that's so true. There's there's a lot of different, you know, facets of that, I think. So, you know, I think this is, it's difficult in the culture that we live in where we see there's so much emphasis on appearance, I think. And so we can just easily fall into, I need to look a certain way, which then if you do look a certain way, you know, maybe that leads you down into the, the, um, feeling of I'm better than other people because these people don't have control over their diet or their exercise or whatever it may be. So that's, so, so the obsession over the body is really, okay, to go back to your earlier framework, that's really saying my body is who I am. 
fully. That's really, I might say I have a soul and all that. And I might, I might, you know, even Christians can fall into this, but there becomes too much of a focus on my body, almost as though my body, this, this earthly body I have is going to be eternal. Or it's going to be around forever, something like that. And, and we obsess over it to a degree greater than God wants us to. That's right. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the aspect of control. If I do all this, if I put in the work, if I watch my diet, again, going to obsession about diet and exercise specifically, um, my life will be good. You know, I'll be able to control the outcome. Yes. So uh, I want to I quote from one of my current reading slash listening senseis. <laughs> meaning somebody that I have, I've listened to a few podcasts. I've, I've uh, starting to read a book by this guy. He's a Catholic theologian. His name's Luke Timothy Johnson. So uh, I wouldn't agree. Obviously he's Catholic. I'm a PCA pastor. I'm not going to agree with everything he says, but um, as I'm learning more and more as I get older, um, you can learn a lot from people who you don't agree with every single word they say or every Absolutely. word they write. Or um, So listen to what he says about the body. He says, often in our modern culture, we view the body as a problem to be solved Mm. or an object to be manipulated or a property to be negotiated. Mm. I thought that was really really fascinating how he brings out, um, and I think in a lot of ways that connects with this obsession with the body. It's a problem to be solved. What do I have to do? Okay, my body is inherently, there's something wrong with it, Mm -hmm. right? That's almost the premise there. It's an object to be manipulated. I can do it at whatever I want with it. It's my body. You can't tell me what to do with my body. Mm-hmm. And then, or it's a property to be negotiated. It's mm. I can do what I want with it again. Mm. So um, Luke Timothy Johnson with some really sharp insight there on how we often, and we often never articulate this. We don't even know how to articulate That's it. That's right. But it's how we think about our bodies. That's right. Yeah, so I think the challenge when we fall onto this side of trying to be healthy, you know, maybe you find yourself as someone who's, you know, there's a thing called orthorexia. Never heard of that. Okay. That's like um, ortho, I think means right, doesn't it? Doesn't that prefix mean right or something like that? Orthorexia means obsession with a right way of eating as Hmm. you define it. So it's not that you don't eat as in anorexia. Ortho, okay. orthorexia is an, an obsessive, um, an obsessiveness about what you eat, the oh, things that you eat, Okay, you know, being within the parameters of what you define. And, and so is that defined as a, a medical condition? Like, just like anorexia would be a medical condition? Is that? I'm not, I don't know if it's just a term that's used in therapy or if okay. it's an actual diagnosis. I don't okay. know. Okay. Um, but I think, you know, Speaking as a woman who I know there are a lot of ladies who could listen to this and, and understand what you're coming what what I'm talking about. There's just there can be this real food fixation where we're fixating mm-hmm. on what we eat. We feel guilty about what you eat. You know, you feel like you're not exercising enough or um or whatever. And ultimately it just comes down to, you know, I am in control of my body. I want it to look a certain way. And forgetting that we are creatures and that God tells us what is the right way to live. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So wanting to talk about the other side of the ditch a little bit. Okay. Yeah, we could say a lot more about obsession. Oh, of course. Um, but then there's the neglect side, which we also all fall into in different seasons where we're just kind of like, well, I'll just eat whatever, you know, I'll 
ex- I'm too busy to exercise right now or, or, you know, for some people they're in a season where they can exercise. Maybe it's a season of disease or, or other things, mm-hmm. you know, um, so I think that's a really easy side for us to fall off to fall off on. Yep. Um, you know what's fascinating though about neglect? You can be really strong in four areas of how you treat your body, and then there can be one that you're horrible in. Mm-hmm. So you could be like the most athletic person ever, but then you get hammered on the weekends. You get completely drunk. That's bad for your body. Sure. But yet you're able to do that in a way that it doesn't change how you look that much. Mm-hmm. Or you could have a person that doesn't sleep enough. Yeah, or you have enough. so true. So it, what's really fascinating here about this neglect thing is it's not a catch-all. It has so many different, you know, tentacles. Yeah, not just about diet and exercise. That's right. There's so many different ways we can mm-hmm. neglect our bodies. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah. Sleep is a great example because I think a lot of us would say we stay up too late. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, you're chronically pumping caffeine in the morning or... Yeah. I have a really um, love-hate relationship with coffee. You do. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I need to go to therapy with coffee. I need, it needs <laughs> you to be, really do. It it's needs to be a therapist there. Then there's me <laughs> on the couch. And then there's just like a cup filled with coffee. On the other And couch. that's the silent uh, partner with me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> It is true that really we, we do have a really interesting relationship with caffeine in our culture. Mm-hmm. Every time I go to a gas station, like every time I ever go, go, it's always like two Red Bulls for four fifty or Like I always yeah. see yep. Red Bulls being advertised. Yeah, it's not wrong. even coffee. And I'm not judging Red Bulls, folks, because I'm the coffee guy. So I'm mm-hmm. just saying sleep, caffeine, it's all interrelated. It's That's all right. in there. That's right. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, I've been doing some really fascinating reading and I would like to maybe discuss some of this on a future um, podcast episode. One book is called Animal Vegetable Junk by the author Mark Bittman. I think he's like New York Times author or something. I'm not sure. And then another one is called, is it salt, sugar, fat or sugar, salt, fat? One of those. Anyway, it's I like all, all three of them. Yeah. It's all the good stuff, <laughs> I'm okay right? with either title. Yeah. So it, both of those are kind of tracing the evolution of the food industry. Oh, y'all, these books Uh-oh. are a wild ride. Uh-oh. They, um, I will say, they've been- I don't been, know if I want to know what's going on here, Betsy. I'm going to put my fingers in my ears. La, 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 la. <laughs> You're going to, because I'm the cook at home. Mostly. Um, but anyway, it's true. It's true. Um, they've been very, very educational. But one thing that I was thinking about as we came to this topic is, you know, we are fed a lot of messages by companies that are marketing food to us that they want us to buy. And, you know, so some of those really feed, can feed these, um, a dietary neglect. You know, here are some of the things that I thought of just off the top of my head. You deserve it. How many times do you hear that in a food commercial? Like, you deserve it. Is that Snickers or something? Or it's one of those? Snickers, I feel like it's one of them. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know. It's, some, it's one of them. Mm-hmm. I, do, I like, do deserve it. You do. I do. <laughs> you do. Take some you time. I'm working hard. Um, yeah. And, you know, then there's uh, there are so many commercials. How many commercials are there about, are you tired of the same old snacks or whatever? Just endless things about snack breaks and giving your mouth delight and, you know, all these things. And... And so I'm not here to demonize snacks per se, but to say like, do we ever stop and actually think about how we think about food or are are our ideas of food more shaped by these, you know, multi-billion dollar companies that want us to buy their products? I I think for a lot of us and me included, um, I think probably my idea of food and 
is much more shaped by the messages that I've heard rather than some kind of intentional set I set out to eat this way because this is the way that God designed. Sure. I mean, that's just how advertising works, right? It is. I mean, yeah. And it's successful. All right, everybody. We are going to go ahead and stop here. Uh, this is the first part of a two-part episode here on this topic. So thank you so much for joining us. Be on the lookout for uh, part two of glorifying God with your body. And once again, thank you so much for tuning in to Intersect Where Church Meets Culture.